Scripture says the whole world is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole world is crying out that we would understand our inheritance and who we are. And so we have a dying world that would rather blow up a business or protest or, or, or kill people. All they're searching for is significance, transcendence, and community. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Summit Up, brought to you by the Summit Dover. If religion is bringing more questions than answers, you're in the right place. I'm here with Josh and Skyler. I'm Kyle and the man with the answers, Pastor Rob Coburn. Wow, another great night to be in the studio. I am so excited that we're gonna talk about inheritance. I know that uh, the world values inheritance and as believers, we need to value inheritance too. So how's everybody doing tonight? Excellent, man. Yeah, we're good, we're here, ready to go. Awesome. So. So what do you believe is a great story in scripture that talks about inheritance? What do you think a story that you can put your, your hand on that would be talking about inheritance? Well, my first, uh, I would go to the prodigal son. There you go. And um, that's how I, that's the first story. If anybody talks about inheritance, but if someone doesn't know what that story is, you know, that's, that's something we can discuss and, and go into it because it's a, it's a beautiful story about uh, inheritance, how you're, you think you have to earn it, you think you have to strive for it, and then um, when it all comes down, it's it's already given to you. Well, yeah. Why don't you back up and tell the story, because I'm going to represent Well, Pastor, the... why, why don't you, why, why <laughs> so don't you do the man with the pass, answers right? over we're here? We're passing the yeah. buck around. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, a father with two sons, and uh, one son wants his inheritance and says, I want it now. So dad sells some stuff and gives him his money. He goes off and wastes it, finds himself in a pig trough trying to eat what the pigs are eating. And then he realizes if I went back home, the slaves at my father's house and the servants, they are eating better than I'm eating in the trough. So I'm going to go back and be a servant to my dad. So he goes back home and he's thinking, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to try to just become a servant and eat what the servants are eating. And when he walks up and, and well, it actually scripture says when he saw his son afar off, I think is what it says. Anyway, when he saw him afar off, he dropped everything. He ran out, loved on his son, gave him his coat, his ring. They killed the calf and had a party. And that sort of made the other son jealous because he had had access to it all along. The other son wasted away all of his inheritance and why is dad celebrating? But if we're going to talk about that story, there's lots of angles, but let's talk about the inheritance part of it because um, the, the prodigal son who left got his inheritance and went and spent it how he wanted. Okay. Now the other son could have done the same thing. He didn't, he stayed there. And the only one that gets chastised is a son who stayed and didn't waste his inheritance as we would see it. I I guess I want to pose this question to y'all. Think about Jesus. It says that his father, when he was baptized, it says his father just poured out the Holy spirit on him that, that he was so awesomely loved by his father. That was before he ever did a miracle. He didn't have to earn his inheritance. And we see in the story of the prodigal son, there was no earning of the inheritance either. Inheritance is something that you're given. So as believers, what is our inheritance? Well, when you go into what, what's received freely is, is the life and it's, it's eternal life. That's, that is the whole, the whole gift that's given to you. It's the life within you that was given 
And that, that is what the power is. And you're getting freely moving forward with that. Yeah. I mean, we get eternal life through this, um, in heaven. We'll specify that. Yeah. And, um, even Jesus goes as far as to say that every inheritance that he's getting from the father, as soon as we come into the kingdom through him, that we become co-heirs with him. So everything that he is lined up to inherit, that's all something that we are able to access. And that now we inherit as we become children of God. So explain to me that, and, and I know I'm the guy with the answers, but I want to ask this question. Explain to me, because I grew up in a religious atmosphere and everything needed to be earned or needed to fit into a box of some sort. And then how does Jesus access the inheritance before he does anything? You know what I mean? I think that that really wrecks the religious mind is that Jesus had access to everything and we as heirs with Christ have access to everything and we don't have to do anything other than receive Jesus as our, as our savior. That's it. And we get access to everything. Yeah. And that's, so that's what I'm thinking for anybody listening out there who's got that uh, mindset of, but, but pastor Rob, hang on a second here. I, I thought I had to spend my life trying to earn my way to heaven. That's yeah. not what we're saying. No, no, it doesn't. It, that's not what we're saying. And that's not what the, the word says either. It says you freely receive now freely give all that stuff. Um, and we have access to the kingdom, to the inheritance. And, and I think that where sometimes we get caught up is that we do need to do those things that will help us to renew our mind, i.e. read the word, do all that stuff, right? We need to do that. But we have to realize that there is an inheritance just because of our relationship with the son and with the father. Well, yeah, it's not the works out of fear because you're going to lose something or have to gain it. it. It's a relationship building. It's it's reading the manual like we've talked about before. It's it's understanding who you are and your identity, which we talked about before. There's a lot of good in reading. It's a lot of good in prayer. It's a lot of good in, in those times. Like you said, you have to have that to have any relationship or further. But it, it's it's the attitude in which you feel that what what's in it for me you know, I mean, when you're when you're trying to look at it in that that mindset, it's it's not necessarily about you. It's about what God can do through you, and and that's the whole that goes to our mission and our objective to to what it is we're here to actually do. Right. So all those things you're not doing things to try to earn your inheritance. You're doing those things to better accept it and to better share it. And to let God move through you. Right. And I think that the that, that story in the Bible is a, is a beautiful picture of grace because it's like, okay, for the, for the one who didn't, you know, work through it and just wanted it now and took it and ran with it, I think it's a perfect story of people making mistakes. You know, you, have, you got your inheritance, you've gotten, you kind of messed up along the way. And, uh, but all's not lost. You're back. Let's, 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 you know, let's have a party and, and, and keep going and let, let's make this happen. So I think if there's any story of that, it's like someone may say, well, maybe I'm squandering my, my inheritance on, on stupid things. Riotous living, I think it says. Riotous living, that's, that's a good good. I uh, think, good I think. I'm not positive, but good I think word that's word for today, it. I like that one. Yeah. Riotous yeah. living. <laughs> and uh, I just, every time I look at that, it's like, okay, there, there is grace in there. There's, there's love and, and, you know, you can go down many different paths and, and make many mistakes and it's still, you know, you're still going to be able to be found and, 
and it's not all lost. So that's really important to know. So let's look at the other half. The The son who was there who didn't access his inheritance was the one that was chastised because the father said, you've had access to it all the time and you didn't take it. You didn't take it. You didn't uh, utilize it. You didn't value it. And uh, And I think that that we can be in that boat sometimes too is that we don't access our inheritance in which we look around at other people that are and we could say oh my gosh look they're doing x y or z or they have access to x y or z when the father may be saying to us you have access to it too um why aren't you accessing it well it's frustrating to that that brother because it's like i've done everything right Right. I felt like I've earned everything. And it's extremely frustrating when, you know, you, you see somebody else that's out there, you know, kind of tripping and falling, but at least they're out there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're still trying to bring it back. So it, it is a little frustrating well, in that mindset. And this thing, did they do, every, did he do everything right? Or did he just do nothing wrong? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you just said, if you're not out there making the, I mean, not that making mistakes is the goal, Yeah, but making mistakes can be the greatest teaching point. You know, it, it's a very valuable lesson. Read the gospels. Jesus corrected the disciples every time he talked to them <laughs> because they were out there doing it and making mistakes. And, but they were actually doing it and we see what happened. They changed the world. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you are sealed with the Holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the kingdom, or sorry, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise and glory. So it says that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. I love guarantees, right? There's not many guarantees in life. And this is a guarantee of our inheritance is access to the Holy Spirit. Now, in our current study at the summit, we're talking about the power that comes through that we can read about in in Acts. but um, that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee that we have access to our inheritance. And, and so we've got we've to reconcile that in our heart that we actually do have inheritance, number one. Uh, we can read that earlier in Ephesians. But now what does that mean and how do we access it? And I believe that the, the Holy Spirit will guide us into that receiving of that when we, when we trust in him. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what we just, what you just said that made me think about, you know, were you doing everything right or were you just doing nothing wrong? Like if you have the inheritance, but you're not utilizing it, you might not be doing anything wrong, but you're also not utilizing what you've been given to utilize. So I guess in a way that in and of itself is wrong. Well, and let's apply this and I'm going to apply it to my life and I'm going to try to try to give a picture of how inheritance that's there and you don't even know it you know you you don't even recognize that that it's available to you so that could be a lot of people it could be a lot of people could be in that same boat it's like you know the church uh, is constantly telling you maybe uh, you know the the objectives that you have to do the works you have to make a certain certain way you have to be and you have to look and the brother has to be there for dinner every night and you know there's certain aspects you have to do in your life and you're missing it like you're, you're missing the whole point. And, and that is that there, there's a power that's available to you and that there's an inheritance that's there that is yours. It's not, you don't have to earn. 
You don't have to do those things. And that and that's what empowers you to do the work that you're in, uh, supposed to do with the objective. So let's define the objective, make yeah. that pretty simple. We're called to love God, love others, and make disciples. In essence, growing the holy family that everyone can have access to the inheritance. And so, you know, you break it down. Our goal is to love God, number one, love others. So we love others by bringing them into this relationship with the king. We are connection agents. That's what we're called to do. We are called to connect people to the love of God. And then we are called to make disciples. Uh, it's a it's a learner under discipline. So it's somebody who's learning how to be disciplined in life. That's what a disciple is. And so we're called to this mission of loving God, loving others, and making disciples. That's the core of, of what we're called to do. But I guess the, the next thing is, is if you had if you had unlimited resources, you had every dollar that was ever created on the planet and you had access to it and you were allowed to bring anybody with you to spend it and it never ran out, I'd be inviting everybody to take part in this inheritance that I have for the whole world that it never runs out. It's, it's always there. And yet we have a father who it says all the cattle on a thousand hills and never lack owns everything. We, we got all that yet. All the person would have to do is not come in and perform for you, for you to give them access to the, to the multi-billion dollars, right? It, all they'd have to do is say, Hey, I want to be a part of it. And I, I receive it. I'll take it. That's all this process of, of introducing and connecting people to God is, is we're saying, hey, we've got access because we've trusted in the Lord. Now we want you to have access. And when you have access, you have all the inheritance that I have because it's not a one sum game. There's not, a, there's not only a certain amount of blessing out there. God is blessing itself. So it's never ending. I think we have a, in, you know, uh, a unique opportunity in the day we live today to, to slow down and kind of evaluate our objective because there's days I lay awake at night. I was like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? We're running around like maniacs trying to stay up with, with what society says we should be staying up with. And, and we're, the three simple things, what was it? Love others. Love God, love others, love make God, disciples. Love God, others, make disciples. I mean, that, that, it, that's what our objective is in, in life. And we make it so much more about us and, and, instead of those other three things. Because the other three things have nothing to do with us. You know I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. Love God, course. love others. No, make we, disciples. we make it about, oh, I just got to get through this day or I just got to get through this week or this month or, you know. I can't wait till I can retire and got to finish my net Netflix series, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. We, we, we make those a part. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we, you're right. We make it about everything else. I, I want to pull the, pull the veil back a little bit. We were in our staff meeting this week, we were discussing. So COVID is thrown a wrench in ministry. We know that thrown a wrench in life. And uh, so our ministry looks completely different in how we execute and love people. Uh, it used to be we could just meet people on Sunday, maybe on a Wednesday night, uh, Thursday Bible study, and love on them. Now we have to do it completely different. And so we had the discussion as a team here at the summit, like, okay, we are more effective today in ministry because we have to creatively love people 
and not love people on the surface. And, uh, and so as we discussed that, we were just like listening to the Holy spirit, but it was like this, this anointing came upon our conversation because we have the opportunity to love people into wholeness and not just love people because they're in front of us. And so it makes us as leaders evaluate our relationships with every single person in our influential circle and, and try to love them into their destiny, try to love them into wholeness. Yeah. And I think, um, I just want to go back to the, the inheritance and like that foundational truth of just like, okay, I have an inheritance. That inheritance is all found on who I am and not what I do. Like we've covered that, you know, and you've brought up how Jesus, when he was baptized, the father spoke down from heaven and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased with. And it's all showing us that all of this inheritance and all this stuff that we have access to unlimited resources is all based off just accepting that God has chosen to give us that based on who we are and not what we do. So that means that as soon as we just sit before him and say, okay, God, I'm ready for you to show me who it is that I am and who you said that I am. And because of that, I will learn what I have access to and what my inheritance is. And doesn't that come in a seeking of his face and not the inheritance? Right. It comes in seeking his presence, uh, being fully focused on being in his presence and then out of that comes a desire to access all the stuff that he provides. Right. It's about having the right motivation and heart behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. So say we got, um, we, we get the inheritance, we understand it, we've received it. Um, you know, and, and we're going about like, I know I keep on saying uh, we make a mistake, but like, what is it about? that that makes us so negative and 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 the fact of where there might be fear in actually taking that inheritance and moving about i mean could it be that somebody's just yeah i just don't i mean i see it i see the inheritance is there i understand it's mine but gosh, i just don't want to screw it up and i don't want to get it you know walk through that in fear and so what what would again what would hinder somebody from taking those steps forward and, and going through the, and, and actually taking what's yours and it can happen. Well, I mean, for us, as soon as we choose to accept that inheritance and walk into that, that puts us in a spotlight. I mean, we become a representation of who gave us the inheritance. Like we are the continued legacy of that. So we represent and we're on display for all to see of like, this is who Jesus is. We're the representation of that. So that can carry a burden. For some people, they can say, oh, like, that's a lot of pressure. Well, it can be if you don't really surrender it all to God and you don't let him to move through you and you try to do it out of your own strength and your own power. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to trip up from time to time because we're human. We don't always fully understand, you know, everything that's being laid out in front of us, but it's part of that go out and just at least just try. And then when you make a mistake, learn why you made it, understand the mistake and, and carry on, continue on. Yeah. The point about that you just made about you look different, you, you're different when you understand inheritance. Think about the prodigal son who comes home, gets the ring on his finger, 
the the royal coat, you know, all that stuff is thrown upon him. He has to actually accept that. And when he does, he looks completely different. Everybody in the whole town knew that he was home, not just because they were talking about it, but because he looked different. And, it's a, and that's an identity thing. Right. And um, when you take on that image, you know, it, 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 it covers it covers that um, those mistakes, or uh, sometimes we call them uh, learning opportunities. Um, I, I've <laughs> I heard like someone that. say that today. I, I was like, "That's a great way to spin mistakes." That's a good. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't mistake. That was a good learning opportunity for there me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, under for, he had an excellent learning opportunity because he, like I said, like you said, you know, doing the good things. You know, reading the Bible, saying the word. There was a relationship. There was something missing from him. He said, "I want it now." But, you know, maybe he didn't spend that time, you know, getting that and knowing his identity. Yeah. You know, so, yes, he got the inheritance, but he didn't take the time to read. He didn't take the time to pray. He didn't take the time to get relationship with his father. You know, there, there's that there's that disconnect, which leads you down the wrong path. But then when, again, then when you return, okay, I got the inheritance. Uh, then I, he put on the identity and it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother story. Yeah, and I believe that he was probably still stinky under those clothes whenever he got his inheritance and he had to get cleaned up before he smelled good again because he was hanging out with the pigs. And so we can receive our inheritance. It doesn't mean that we're clean and ready to go to never make a mistake again. We've got to actually walk it out. And and that's what Ephesians 4 talks about, you know, putting off the old, putting on the new. How do we do that? The renewing of our mind, which is to take the manual that God has given us in the word and actually cleanse our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, and allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and, and make us who he's called us to be. And there's new challenges every day. You know, again, it's just like you're, you're working out and, and you, you can't do the same weight all the time. You, know, you can't, because if you do the same weight all the time, you won't grow. So there's always new challenges. You always have to challenge yourself. And there's always times where, okay, that was too much, or I pulled a muscle. Yeah, there. and you can't start. From day one at your maximum weight. No. You got to no. build up. You don't know what your maximum. <laughs> You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> the thing is, you don't know what your maximum weight is. Right. Like, it's the potential's and there. It could be way more than you think. Well, that's the situation we're in, too. Now, I mean, like, if we move in on our dreams and move forward and do what we're called to do, there, we're going to do stuff uh, tomorrow that we never thought we would have done today. And and that's a, that's a, that's a whole picture. I don't, I don't think... That if you're worrying so much about right now and then, or I'm sorry, if you're worrying so much about the future and where, where are you going to end up, you're missing the steps you have to take. To get. That's a good point. Cause if you, if anybody wants to go back and watch the very first episode of sum it up, <laughs> there is no video, yeah. right? It's just yeah. a static graphic with our voices behind. And then if you watch the very first video of us, it doesn't look like this. No, definitely not. But right. you and have to start. Yeah, you, you just have, have to start, start and things start. will and then... You grow. Yeah. Just like the weights. It's a good, good analogy. Larry Randolph has a great quote and it says, God will fulfill all of his promises, but he is not obligated to fulfill your potential. Say that one more time. Larry Randolph, God will fulfill all of his promises, but he's not obligated to fulfill our potential. So that's up to us. Yeah. Yep. We got a lot of potential got a lot of potential packed in these bodies after we receive the Lord, but what does that look like? How does that transfer into loving God, loving others, and making disciples? 
And, and what does that, what does that potential uh, turn into? That is our issue. That is where we can drop the ball. Yeah. And, and trying to wrap your mind around the whole idea of inheritance and potential and all that. And what, where, who am I? Where do I start? What you guys did here, what you did with that dream board downstairs yeah. was huge. I know it was for me. It was for mm-hmm. us. I think it was for a lot of people. I'm sure you've heard plenty of stories. And yeah, I'll tell I, one if we can. Sure. I mean, we can tell your story too. You guys can share your story. But um, I was just meeting with somebody today on the phone um, since we don't have too many in-person meetings anymore, but um, I was meeting with somebody on the phone. We had a great conversation and the conversation went back to the dream board because this person had a dream for 40 years and uh, just never had anyone to believe in it with them. Uh, Never had the, always had the desire to go do it, always had the potential to go do it, but never had the, the person to give them permission to go do it. And I think that that dream board just gave, and it still does, it's still down there. I was reading through it today. Uh, it gives people permission to go after what they have in their heart. And uh, so this person has not just achieved that dream, but even dreams past that dream that was on the board. And they continue to write more and more and more. And I think we're going to be up to three or four dreams this person's put on the board that are now achieved. And so the suggestion came and I, I'm sure I heard it before, but the suggestion came on the phone today. We need to have a dream completed board um, for those people who complete those dreams and they can move them over and put a new one on. The, the goal is that you always have one on the dream board because if you're not focused on something, you won't hit it. Um, and so, uh, so we have to stay focused. So if we hit that one, we move that off. Maybe we have a whole section of the wall where it's these dreams were achieved. And I know we have a lot that were off of that board. Um, and so. Now the thing becomes when we achieve something, we need to go ahead and set the next thing and set the next thing and set the next thing. Well, one, there's something very strange, right? Very powerful about just actually writing it on paper and putting it somewhere where somebody else is going to see it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a huge step. There, there are some up there that still don't have names on them. Yeah, well, and, and that's, that's okay. It's okay, but it's you, okay. You but can, now you see that hesitation. Like, okay, I'll put my dream up, but I don't want people to know it was mine. Right, exactly. And yeah. I, I remember for me, even I'm like, okay, first of all, I haven't been, I hadn't been coming to the summit for very long. I'm like, I don't know anybody here. I'm gonna write my name and this dream on a card. I was like, <laughs> all right, Pastor Ralph said to do it. I'm gonna do it. So I did it. But and then you even said then I remember you saying you know, this will only be the first card of many, right? So you write a dream on there, but, and it goes to what you've been, you were very passionate about this past Sunday. I think it was this past Sunday about hiding the Easter eggs, right? For, yeah. For the kids. And when they're little, you just put them out in the open so they can find them. Right. But then as they start to learn how to find them, you start to hide them a little more strategically, but you still want them to find them. Yep. So that's what God's doing with your dreams. Like, okay, this is my dream, but you don't know what else he has hidden for you until you take that first step. Right. And, and the religious spirit that tries to attack every believer's thoughts will try to convince you that God is hiding stuff from you, but he's not, he's hiding it for you. And he gets so much joy when you pursue that thing and achieve it. And so as you guys have done, we're witnessing it right now. And as this person who was on the phone today, they've achieved it. Now, as you said, there's another thing that they're going after, and it may be a little more difficult to achieve this time, but so much, the father gets so much joy out of watching his kids achieve stuff and, and, and go for it. And I think that that 
goes back to the goes back to the grace of the the prodigal that the father i'm sure in the beginning was like are you kidding me i hear word that he's out there messing up but he when he came back that grace just overflowed overtook him and he was given a fresh start and i think that's what we need as as kids of the king a fresh start is is a uh something that someone might think that just can't happen for me i've just gone down too many dark roads and i i don't deserve a, a fresh start so speak to that because i don't know i don't know why i said that because i think maybe somebody's <laughs> listening to you right now and you feel yes. like there's no fresh start for you um but just speak to that Rob, I, think I, I mean i think we can g- you got to get it. This is why this is why Ephesians talks about renewing your mind being the key. Because when you become born again, your mind is not renewed. Your spirit is now washed clean, ready to go, fully in communion all the time. Awesome. Your mind isn't. So your mind would say, "I don't deserve a fresh start." Well, you can go through all of scripture and you guys can all think of stories right now where someone did not deserve a fresh start but they got one. I mean, you can talk about Saul, you can talk about lynching Christians and killing them in the streets. And then is a influential part of, of the rest of the scriptures and, you know, winning people and, and all that stuff. He definitely in our earthly mind and our carnal mind would say, didn't deserve to be a part of the future of the kingdom of God on earth because he's killing them. Yet, there is a second chance. There is an encounter that he has and transformation happens. Absolutely. And I think that um, just today in today's world, we have such a mindset of we want to treat people the way that they treat us. We kind of take that treat others how we want to be treated and we kind of distort it a little and say treat others how we've been treated. And so, but the scripture tells us and Jesus shows us that like when somebody curses you, you're called to bless them that Jesus shows us that his response to hate, his response to um, violence or negativity and stuff is love. It always is. He attacks those bad things with love. And so if we had that mindset of, okay, I've been wronged here. I'm going to go and do a right to someone. I'm going to go and bless them. I'm going to love on them even though that they said something that hurt me, even though they did something that I didn't like. And I think that that is one giant step in small steps that can really change and have a really big outcome on everything going on. That's huge. Cause that's uh, difficult. I mean, if you think about it, somebody, Oh yeah, it's not, somebody easy. wrongs you and you're like, okay. Uh, that's the last time I ever try to help them, or that's the last time I ever reach out, or oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, you know, quick. It's very easy yeah. to do that, but to turn around, like you said, Skylar, and and say no, it's, it won't be the last time I try to reach out. Here I go again, and come back, and right, this radical love that Jesus demonstrates in Scripture, and and I love it because the Word tells us, and everybody here at the summit is probably tired of me saying it, but Jesus only did what he saw the father do. And he only said what he heard the father say. So that means that his radical demonstration of love toward people who wanted to kill him 
or despised him or spit on him or whatever. His radical demonstration of love gives us a picture of the father because all of those things I just said, he only did, he only saw, or he only spoke. So we know the father's heart because Jesus was the face of the father on the earth. And he calls us, he says, whenever, you know, you will become co-heirs with Christ when you receive him. Now we are the face of God on the earth and everyone is looking. Now, whether we acknowledge that or not, everyone is looking at how we demonstrate our love or his love through us toward others or whether we don't. And that is why the world is crying out. Scripture says the whole world is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. What The whole world is crying out that we would understand our inheritance and who we are so that we can then share that with them. And so we have a dying world that would rather, you know, blow up a business or protest or, or, or kill people. Um, all they're searching for is significance, transcendence, and community. That's it. They're looking for those three things. Say it again, the, the three things. The three things, the big three, significance, transcendence, and community. Significance. I need to be, I need to be somebody. I need to have, people need to understand that I have value. Transcendence. I need to be a part of something bigger than myself. Community. I need to be connected with other like-minded people who can engage with me. That's why you see demonstrations of, of an organization. Um, there's organizations that are raising up demonstrations in the United States in this hour that the people that are marching with that organization don't know that they're actually supporting an organization that wants to annihilate them from the planet. Okay. So they're out there marching for an organization that has their future children's demise at, at, at hand. And yet what they're doing is they're going and demonstrating on behalf of that organization because they don't understand that all they're searching for is community. And if churches become healthy places and the love that the father pours through us actually makes it out and we don't consume it ourselves then we become an effective place to give people community, to let them be a part of transcendence, something bigger than themselves. And you know what? There is nothing more important than the love of God flowing through one-on-one relationships to give somebody significance. But it's dirty. It takes a lot of time and it's hard work. And it's hard because you have to renew your mind. Like you've been saying, and that is the most your mind is the most powerful thing you possess. It is. It is. It can be wonderful and amazing when put to full potential, and it can be very dangerous. And it's a dark place if you let it be. But like you said about, you know, am, am I worthy of a second chance? Well, it's not whether or not you're worthy to God. It's whether or not you're worthy to yourself. Do you think, I mean, you have to accept that you're worthy of that second chance. You know, somebody might be listening and say, well, I, I don't, I've done too many bad things or I've made too many mistakes, not learning opportunities. Cause they were, maybe someone's like, I made mistakes. <laughs> well, there's no way that I could, I could change now and, and pour out God to other people. Yes, you can, because the only, the only one stopping you from doing that and accepting your inheritance is you, you have to accept, you have to accept it. You yeah. don't have to earn it. You have to accept it. Yeah. And that wraps everything around identity and that's what we've been talking about the past several episodes is that it it all about how you see yourself do you see you or do you see christ that's in you and and that's where the potential 
is. You know, like you said, in the uh, God you know, delivers His promises, but doesn't necessarily say He's going to deliver your your potential. That's where the potential comes from. It's not from your own, but it's 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 through what Christ can do through you. Well, I think uh, <laughs> Pastor Ross sits back and says, "Yeah, that's that. Is, that. That's it. Mic drop. That's good." Well, thank you for joining with us. Again, this is another episode of Summit Up brought to you by the Summit Dover. Uh, you can visit our website, thesummitdover.com. Uh, you can email us at summitup at thesummitdover.com. Sorry, dot org. And uh, just uh, send us some questions and some feedback, and we'd be happy to uh, bring those to the tables. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to another episode of Summit Up. You can check us out at thesummitdover.com and you can email us at summitup at thesummitdover.org. Oh.